Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zoop. Uh, it's been an odd week for us. I know we say that a lot, but I mean, like, truly odd. Um, it's been rough here in the Zoop household, so I didn't even read the internet this week, which right there tells you what's some, that something is t- terribly wrong in the world. And Zoner, you've been traveling. I was. I was in Cleveland uh, for work, and that meant that I did not spend any time on the internet. In fact, half the time, I did not even have my laptop. Well, I would say more than half the time, the majority of the time, I did not even have my laptop turned on. Well, now, it wouldn't matter much anyway. I I know the area that Zoner went to. I've gone there as well for the same company, in fact. Uh, Their internet's not so great. You know, I stay down the road. I I don't stay in the hotel you stayed in. Oh. Because I, I know better, and I've got all my points at Marriott. This is not a plug for Marriott. However, they do have good internet. Yeah. So uh, The place I, they I put able... me up had a horrible internet and an indoor pool that smelled like someone was trying to clean up a murder scene. It was just and, nothing but bleach. Well, you know, it is Cleveland. It is. It is. You kind of need that when you walk inside the door. You uh, do. <laughs> Although, I will say, I really like Cleveland a lot. Uh, it's It has become... A place that I would not mind living. I've would spent you, so much time there. Would you say Cleveland rocks? Cleveland does rock, yes. All right. Hey, uh, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, stitcher.com, radio KSCR, and Geek Factor Radio. Yes. Yeah. And, and to our, our friends over at patreon.com, who you support can, us. You can support us at patreon.com slash stolen droids. Yes, so thank you guys. We appreciate that. Indeed. Um, I don't think we have any feedback this week. Uh, I don't know that I saw anything. So should we just jump into it? Should we share witty banter? I don't know. Stories of stories? I'm just tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could be worse because it could be like midnight or something, but no. We're we're rocking this out at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. I know, after scouring the internet for all the headlines from the past week to bring to you. Yes, and you know, I I got to admit, I'm kind of surprised that there is not as much that happened this week as I would have expected. Right. And and the week that you're listening to this now, Thanksgiving week, our next show is going to be pretty bare bones, I'm guessing, because there's not going to be a lot that happens this week. We have that problem every week after Thanksgiving. Have you noticed that? Every week we've been, every year we've been doing this for the past six years, the week after Thanksgiving. It's brutal. It's just dead. We, we really need to, I and mean, we've done this in the past. We, maybe we should do our, our geek gift guide that week. The holiday buying guide? The holiday buying guide. That's a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah. So, so maybe that's what we, what we do. Who knows? I guess you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Indeed. Um, let's get on with this then. Let's end this show. Um, well, by starting it, I guess, technically. <laughs> that didn't work out as well as I thought. No, it, it, it didn't, but hey, it's okay. By it's the way, okay. speaking of witty banter here, I'm trying out a soda here. I can't even decide whether or not I like this. The Pepsi Salted Caramel. It's, it's definitely Pepsi. Um, and it definitely tastes like a combination of caramel and salt. Um, it's very complex. I'm not sure I like this, but I keep drinking it, which I guess means something good. It's like Crystal Pepsi, you know, where you got it because, hey, why not? Let's try this out. And then you realize, 
well, I don't hate it. I'm still drinking it, but I'm not sure how I feel about myself now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I can't help but wonder what would happen if if Marty McFly walked into the diner and said, give me a salted caramel Pepsi. What what the guy behind the bar would have said in 1955. Yeah. I'm interested. This is not a plug, but if anyone else sees this in their local convenience store and thinks, hey, I'm going to try that, let me know what you think, because I'll, I'll be honest, I can't tell what I think. And that's very disconcerting for me. That is a little unnerving. If, mm-hmm. if you don't know if something is good, so you keep drinking it or eating it to try and make up your mind to decide if it's good. Yeah, yeah. Odd. Yeah. Okay. Um, into our first headline, banter done, slash... And banter. Um, OnePlus. The phone company to end all phone companies until it turns out they weren't. OnePlus made the OnePlus 1, the OnePlus 2, the OnePlus 3. Uh, supposedly the bare bones Android phone everyone wants. Lower price, higher specs, uh, free from any kind of um, bloat of any backdoors from different carriers, preloaded software, lock, region lockdowns. Oh, Wait, no, there is a backdoor. Because of course there is. Uh, it turns out that there is an engineer mode that was left in the phone, uh, supposedly only accessible to people who knew the right codes. Guess what? Evidently, you can find out the right codes. Uh, uh, did they leak online? They, they did. They did. Because that tends to happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they, they've gotten into a lot of trouble here because different third-party apps can access this engineer mode, which reportedly allows them to gain root access. Uh, on a phone that does not have root access, that can be problematic. If you typically, typically speaking here, if you have root access enabled on your phone, it can be assumed you know what you're doing. Or at least you know what you're doing enough to turn on that root access. Right, right. Um, which means if you screw something up, you can usually fix it in root mode. Yes. So what happens if something on your phone accesses root mode, but your phone isn't rooted? You suddenly don't have root access to fix what it did. Oh, now, I hadn't considered that. But yeah, that's a really good point. Now, according to a blog post from OnePlus, they say that uh, the the portion of the code that allows for this uh, this vulnerability will be removed in an upcoming update, and they claim that engineer mode does not let third-party apps access full root privileges. So just some? Hmm, interesting. Because, you know, I, I would think root access... Especially if you're the one who's doing it, it's an all or nothing type scenario. Yeah. And for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, if you bugger something up, you can go back and fix it or hopefully go back and fix it. But yeah, if you're just, if just certain areas are getting that root access and you can't get to those areas because the area, the, the paths to them is closed off, that's, that's big problem. Now, supposedly, this app was originally authored by Qualcomm. Um, it was meant to simply access certain features of a chipset when testing the device out. 
um, and was simply left in because someone didn't pay attention. However, Qualcomm has released a statement saying that while they originally had a testing app like that, this thing doesn't resemble their app in the slightest. Uh, quote, after an in-depth investigation, we've determined that the engineer mode app in question was not authored by Qualcomm. Although remnants of some Qualcomm source code is evident, we believe that others built upon a past similarly named Qualcomm testing app that was limited to displaying device information. Engineer mode no longer resembles the original code we provided. However, this same app has now been found in Motorola, um, Xiaomi, Oppo, um, mainly Chinese phones. Though Motorola US isn't, I, I get that, but for a while they were. Um, interesting. Uh, it, if you want to see if you have it, go into your app list, uh, app menu, show system apps, and look for engineer mode. That and, and that would be on. No, that wouldn't be on phones like Samsung and and. I'm gonna I'm know. gonna check mine right now. I'm kind of interested. I I would assume that it wouldn't, but who knows? Crap! Now I've got to check mine too. You know what an assumption does? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Now, this kind of leads me to the question. Well, obviously, it looks like somebody took that code built upon it and has distributed it and one plus their whole deal like you said was we're going to be you know the phone that you want without all the problems that you don't like mm -hmm. and i'm wondering has one plus become what they started out they to all be do. against yeah, they all do. By the way, mine does not. My my Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus does not. I jump straight from emergency provider to enhanced features. Nice. Which are all system system apps. Um and they I don't have engineer mode. I don't have engineer anything. I don't even have anything with the word mode in it. Cool. Yeah. Good, so good. that's nice. But yeah, I I think that OnePlus has become that which they despised. Kind of like George Lucas. Kind of like all major companies. It's it's very interesting to me. I I don't know anybody who has a OnePlus phone. I'd be very interested to. It's the Harvey Dent th theorem. You either die young, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, totally, totally. But I'd be interested if any of our listeners have a OnePlus. What do you guys think about it? Tell us. Do you like it? Is it is it worth it? Or if to, you don't have a OnePlus, but you still have this app. Yeah, let us know. I'm very interested to, to see this. I, I'd be curious to see how widespread this app being out there actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting one. How do we categorize this? Because this is weird. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's kind of along the same same vein, but it's not. Cerberus. Uh, this is a, a really good app. I actually had a quote unquote lifetime membership for it until they decided that lifetime means until we decide we're not making enough money and start charging for it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but who's bitter, but this is an awesome app that, you know, what really sucks is Jericho Jericho. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Jericho, dude. Don't even get me started. I, somebody got me going on that last week i think oh yeah that that's still how many years has that been and it's still a tender spot for me that was such a dang good show anyways before i 
dang it, Zook. Now all I can think of is how pissed I am at CBS and Les Moonves for canceling Jericho. That's our new hashtag right there. That's our why'd show you, title. Why'd you have to do that? You knew exactly what you were doing, too. Okay, anyway, Cerberus. Remember when George Lucas decided to try and remaster Jericho by adding in that CG oh. womp rat? Oh, man. Okay, you do this story because you're just pissing me off. <laughs> okay, so Cerberus <laughs> is kind of like a uh, an antivirus, but not quite for your Android device. It helps protect against um, people trying to remote control your device, uh, gaining access through SMS. Um, it runs automatic tasks, and it's pretty powerful. It was the go-to app of choice for a lot of people, like Zoner said, because it was so powerful right up until the app developers realized that they couldn't keep making money off people who bought lifetime subscriptions, so they ended the lifetime subscription. Well, something – they're in hot water in a different way now from Google. See, the app itself runs in stealth mode. Which is awesome because if your phone gets stolen, you don't want people to know that someone's tracking it and knows exactly where it is. Right. Uh, it, it's a feature. On top of that, it also links to certain APKs to install things for protection from outside the Play Store, which admittedly could be a bad thing. You you have this app that has full control to your device that you have authorized to go out and say, yeah, go ahead, install whatever you feel is necessary from whatever source. That could be that that's bad. Well, that's in direct violation to Google's terms of service with the Play Store. Uh, and they have a week to, uh, well, six days now. We're recording this Sunday. Uh, who knows when you guys hear this episode, but, uh, they need to either fix the issue or get it off the Play Store. Yeah, which is a big deal. I mean, one of the, one of the violations is apps must not hide or cloak tracking behavior or attempt to mislead users about such functionality. So basically, if somebody steals your phone, Cerberus needs to say, this phone is being tracked. Right. They're which, negating the entire purpose of it. Yeah, that's the whole purpose. Now, uh, th- this just, wouldn't be oh. such an issue. And here's the really ironic part. This wouldn't be such an issue for Cerberus if only they hadn't changed their subscription model. Where are you going with that? Okay, so their subscription model is now based upon monthly payment made possible by the App Store, by the Play Store. Okay, gotcha. If you had simply paid for Cerberus outright, like through a PayPal transaction or a um, whatever other, you know, or, or just bought it from their website, they'd have their money and they're good and they wouldn't need the Play Store. True. Now, they need the Play Store because it's their only income source. It's their only revenue source. And they can't afford to piss them off. That is true. Oops. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Maybe you shouldn't have burned all your lifetime subscribers years ago. But no, this is, you know, I, I Cerberus is a good app. I don't like how they burned their users. I get why they did it. I think it was a BS move, but it's a good app. What it does is a legitimate thing. And Google, I mean, yeah, they've got that Android tracker app that and functionality that Google has, but it doesn't do the stuff that Cerberus does. No, and it's known. It's a known thing. If someone steals your phone, the first thing you do is wipe it. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, Cerberus provides a legit service that people can benefit from. And is I it, think. Is it totes legit? Totes legit. And Schmitty's ears just bled a little. But I mean, it's a legitimate thing. And I hope that Google realizes that because they're basically crippling it, which is going to make it completely useless. Mm-hmm. Speaking about crippling, uh, let's talk about Facebook. That sounds like I'm going in a different direction than I actually am. (laughs) So yesterday, Saturday, or maybe it was before that, Facebook removed the delete post option from their desktop client or web client, Um, but not for any of the mobile clients. And people proceeded to flip the freak out. Um, Oh, yeah. People lost their mind. um, There was the... uh, the conspiracy saying that they're making it so it's impossible now to uh, to hide your digital background, all this different stuff. But the thing is, is, like within 18 hours, it was back. And they never took it from the mobile side, which leads me to believe that it was just a bad uh, code push. Or maybe they're doing some A-B testing where they, they push a different version to one platform compared to another. That is a possibility. I, uh, I it, it's possible that it was a bug. It's possible that they were seriously considering removing the ability to change your or to delete your posts easily. Now you could still go into the back end and delete the post. Sure. But, but a lot it, of times you aren't deleting a post because you don't want Facebook to see it. You're deleting a post because you realized you were an idiot and you shouldn't have posted that. Yes. Yes. I, to which I got to tell people, then why did you post it? You know, I've actually posted a couple things. I haven't deleted many posts, but I've posted a couple things and I've realized, oh, shoot, I put the wrong link or I, you know, it's full of typos or whatever the case. I didn't say this the way I wanted to. And so I'll delete it and I'll redo the post. Uh, but that's basically just editing myself. Well, not- yeah, I don't I don't delete a post. I edit a post many times. I have no problem going back when someone says, uh, you got that wrong. This is actually incorrect. I'll put in there, edit. I was just updated down below. Um, I was corrected. That wasn't correct at all. Yeah. I feel embarrassed. But how many times do we have to keep saying this, people? Don't put it on the internet if you don't want it up there forever. That's true. Because once it's online, it's online forever. Jeez. It's, it's not going away anytime soon because forever is a freaking long time. Not, not to get, not to make this so heavy in calls to action, but I'm genuinely interested from people. I almost want to put a poll up on our website or up on our Facebook page. How often have you deleted something? Is this a daily occurrence, a weekly occurrence? Have you never done it? Is this once in a month thing? Or do you only do it when you drink? Like, I, I want to know because I've never deleted a post. I've never yeah. ever deleted a post. I, and like I said, I think I've only I think I've only deleted them when I've like buggered the post up and just want to start it over. Yeah, uh, when it's still like almost in draft status that way. But then again, you and I only started Facebook when we are well into our adulthood. True. There is a lot of stupid that the internet prevented or that the lack of internet rather prevented from being known that I took part in. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, I did a lot of stupid things. Um, so I want to know everyone else. I mean, are we just a couple of old fuddy duddies who don't understand it? Um, 
or, or do we really need the whole delete post option? I really want to know. Let us know. Um, in other news, what's this one? Garmin Samsung? Oh, yeah. This one's interesting. So uh, Garmin and Samsung wearables uh, now can get you discounts on your health insurance. Now, I think we've talked about this before. Um, companies like Aetna and John Hancock have offered discounts on the devices like the Apple Watch as long as it's being used to track their customers' activity. But now United Healthcare is integrating both Samsung and Garmin products into its uh, bring-your-own-device program that will reward members for meeting daily walking goals. And essentially what they're going to do is you can earn up to $1,000 a year in HSA credits or HSA um, funds or HRA credits if you reach the company's fitness goals. See, and my company already does that. And I, I thought, hey, that's a really cool thing. I, I thought that was still years and years um, ahead of what any insurance company would do on its own. So this is kind of cool. They, yeah, I think I think it's really cool, and it makes me. I've got a Fitbit. I paid for it myself. I don't get any sort of discount for having it, but it makes me wonder. With more and more companies jumping on the fitness wearable, is this how I'm going to get you know a, a Gear Fit Pro or something? Gear Fit Two Pro. Uh, is this going to bump me up into the, the smartwatch category as opposed to the fitness tracker because it's financially beneficial to me? Hmm. So now I really got to look and see if my insurance company does anything like that. I don't believe that they do, but it's got me interested. And I, and I hope that more companies start start doing it more. Yeah, no joke. Because we've got these fitness wearables, we've got this way to track to track what we do with our activities. Why not reward your customers for it? If they're being healthy and living a healthy lifestyle, why not give them a discount on their insurance? It's going to save you in the hold, long run. Hold on. Why would a company not want to give discounts when it would help them in the long run? Did you seriously ask that question? Well, obviously customers don't want to give a discount, but if if they've got a customer, an insurance company who's actively being healthy, they're not going to have to spend as much on that person. So why should that person have to spend as much on insurance? Because they still want to get more money out of that person. That, that's true. The companies are a-holes. We know that. That's an established fact. Right. But we're starting to see companies not be as big of a-holes because they're realizing and, you know, it could determine for some people. Healthcare com companies. Yes. Healthcare companies. <laughs> I know. I'm flogging this point. I'm flogging this horse. We're still doing this bit. I'm just saying. But, you know, somebody may look at this and say United offers these discounts. I've already got this device. I can make up to a thousand bucks a year doing it. I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose um That's true. Now United over Anthem and can, Anthem now with the will leak United, my data anyway. Now with so. the Affordable Care Act, you can choose your own insurance and and in some markets United is there. That adds a perk. So, I mean, they it I I think it's a smart thing and I think more people need to be doing it. Mm -hmm. More, more health care companies, more health insurance companies need to be doing it. Garmin launched another thing that we had talked about previously, um, and it's their Garmin Pay. 
um, their contactless uh, payment because everyone else has their own pay system. So, yeah, I, what do you think about this? I know we've talked about this a little bit over the over the last. Couple I of can't years. tell you how much I don't care. Um, I am to let, the point. Let's go one more degree of not caring. Microsoft just rebranded the Microsoft Wallet as Microsoft Pay. I don't care. I don't care about any of these companies and their mobile wallets. I do not care. There are so many of them out there. I just, I don't see the point. And I know everybody's trying to get in on this racket while they can. You know, it, the dumbest thing is here, the truly, truly dumbest thing, it should have been done by the banks. Oh, totally. I bank at ABC Bank. Well, guess what? ABC Bank should have had their own uh, wireless payment system. I should have had an app where I sign into ABC Bank and ABC Bank does the tap to pay. I shouldn't have one that's dependent upon my platform or my carrier or anything else. It should just be that app. Why not? I already have ABC's app actually on my phone. I can take pictures of checks and make deposits that way. Why did we have to uh, – it's just such a pain, the fragmentation that's caused from it, when in the end, all we need is something from our bank. That's true. It's it's really kind of stupid. And, and I'm with you. I don't care. I see that these new companies are coming out with their pay systems. It's like, big deal. Everyone's got a pay system now. The majority of them are garbage. And you know that if Zoner's on your system, it's just going to get hacked anyway. That is true. I mean, why even bother? So it's probably a good idea to get off Samsung Pay at the moment. Because <laughs> that's my that's my mobile payment of form of choice. Yeah, yeah. I just wish I could use it for like online purchases. That would be awesome. Hey, can we talk some really awesome news out of Apple? I know. Hell just froze over. Yeah, because we got some good stuff going on there. Uh, there's um, some bad, but there's some good. Let's talk the good. So uh, reports are coming out from Apple and confirmed now that uh, Hey Siri, the voice-activated version of Siri, where you can just talk to your phone or talk to your iPad, say Hey Siri and start talking, much like Cortana or Google Assistant or Alexa, is coming to the actual iMac. Uh, the iMac Pro is going to have an A10 coprocessor. Uh Fancy worry of saying it's basically the silicon from the iPhone 8 and iPhone 7. No, that's an A11. It's from a recent version of the iPhone. And its dedicated function is to handle voice recognition for the Hey Siri Assistant. Why is this important? Why does this even matter? Okay, so right now on my desktop, Cortana is always active. She's listening for my voice. She's listening for those keywords. But she requires the system to be active, requires the computer to be on and listening, requires CPU cycles. So if my system is really bogged down with a whole lot of things, she's at the mercy of the rest of the system. See, so right now I'm browsing, I'm recording in high definition, I'm transmitting high definition video, I'm viewing a video conference line with Zoner, um, and in the background my computer's doing a whole bunch of other things that I have it set to do, and that's fine. But if I invoke my voice assistant, she's battling all those other processes, which means that she can kind of lag. 
And when I say kind of lag, I really mean by milliseconds, but it's noticeable. We've gotten so used to things just immediately working that milliseconds are noticeable. What this does is it offloads everything into a dedicated chipset just for Siri. And because it's an A10 one, it's a, it's an ARM processor, it can run independent of the entire rest of the system and it can remain always on even when the computer's off. That's awesome. That is cool. That is good news. That is a great innovation right there. Yes. Of course, one could argue that means your computer's always listening to you even when the computer's off, but we kind of assumed it was doing that anyway. Thank you, NSA. Yeah, I, yeah, that's one that people are just kind of at this point. It, if you're not aware that your computer is always paying attention to you, then you really should be. Same with your cell phone. Yeah. Here, watch this. Uh, hey, Cortana, Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. And it's awesome you say, hey, watch this when we are audio only. Yeah, well, you can just assume that I just got put on an NSA watch list. But it did find a lot of uh, Team America YouTube videos. Nice. So that is cool. And I hope to see more companies follow this and go this way because this is a really, really, really cool thing. And it's not a new thing either. We've When Intel first came out with the Pentium, Originally, it had to have a math coprocessor to do this, to handle math a little bit faster. And eventually, things got fast enough that that math coprocessor got brought into the silicon. Oh, my gosh. And now my phone is trying to talk to me, and my watch is trying to talk to me. I have assistants everywhere. Um, and then when AMD came out with their Athlons, they had to have a memory uh, coprocessor to control memory flow between the CPU bridge and – I mean – there's always these coprocessors and they always lead the way to just these jumps in computing. Give it five years and this A10's infrastructure will have its own micro brain inside every Mac and it'll just be second nature and every other computer will have it too. This is just exciting. This is the hardware geek in me just freaking out. Yeah. At this point, I really want it to, I mean, this is where I like to see Apple. And I hope that they're successful with this because I want Apple to lead the way with this since they're already, you know, kind of going and make it so much better for all computers by by figuring this out. I, I really hope. I really hope. Sorry, someone posted a picture to Facebook. It looks like her dog exploded. That doesn't sound right. So now we've got... um. More Apple news. Yeah. Apple came out with iOS 11.1.2. So you remember last week when the, uh, I, when the iPhone X or iPhone 10 dropped and we said, Hey, this is pretty good. It only had a couple things wrong with it. We spoke too soon. There was a bit of a bug, a few bugs actually. Um, the phone may restart when it receives a long string of characters in a different language. Uh, and more importantly to a lot of people, if the temperature rapidly changed, the screen became completely unresponsive, which is odd to me. Um, Samsung makes the OLED screen in the iPhone 10, and they also make the OLED screen in my galaxy. And we don't have that problem at all. So I don't, I'm not sure what happened there. It, and it must be just a software problem because they fixed it with this new patch. 
Yeah, the fact that it was fixed with the software update would tell me it was probably something in their code yeah. that was causing the problem. But look, credit where it's due, they're pumping out hot fixes pretty fast. Do you think that's because they knew that they were a problem and they just didn't have the code ready yet? I wonder, honestly, if it's because they have a lot more writing on this. They need it to sell. They need it to work. They do. You know, it's interesting, though. I I was reading an article earlier today, and I, I wish I could find it again, but somebody was writing about their experience going into an AT&T store to buy an iPhone X, iPhone ten, And the person there straight up told him, I use iPhone because I'm so deeply entrenched in Apple Music that I don't want to get get away from it. But the Galaxy S8 is, or the Note 8, I think he said specifically, the Note 8 is a much better phone. And I mean, this is the guy who's an Apple fan saying go with the Samsung in this case because it's just a better phone. Mm-hmm. There's more functionality. There's more more features. It's just a better all-around experience than Apple is currently offering with the iPhone 10. So I thought that was telling. I thought that was telling. They do have a lot writing on this. They, they do. You know what's going to be really interesting to me? And it's only a matter of time. It is inevitable. It will happen. And it's going to cause a seismic shift for Apple is when they finally overhaul iOS that is the one area that's still holding them back. They try and add new features to it. They try and add new swipes and gestures and integrations. And, you know, I get it. They're trying to stay current. But that's like pointing to a Palm Pilot and comparing it to an iOS device. They're worlds apart. They're just different. Yes. And it's going to happen that iOS is going to almost slingshot past it. I, I can't, I can't predict this. I know I'm, I usually give predictions on this show and I stand by them, but I can't quite predict this one, but there will come a time where Android is moving at a certain clip. And even Microsoft is putting out apps to try and keep their windows line in lockstep with it falling behind, of course, because they can't keep up, but Android's going to keep doing things a certain way, keep moving, 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 evolving, evolving, evolving. And Apple's going to keep falling behind further and further with iOS. And then suddenly in one release, they're going to slingshot straight past it and create the new gold standard. Uh huh. And a whole, and totally reinvent the way we use, we use the phone, just like they did with the original iPhone. Because this, yeah. this is what Apple does. But the problem with that is, is that when that happens, they're going to piss off, I'd say, conservatively, 65% of the existing iPhone base. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be interesting because at some point, I mean, they're they're just building upon what they've already established in terms of their code. And I'm assuming that's the case. Maybe they're rewriting the entire code from scratch each time. I don't know. They're not. But I would assume that they're if they're if they're like the majority of of software companies I've worked for, they're not doing that. They are taking the code that works, they're adding the new code to it, and they're seeing what shakes out. Which makes sense. That's that's an efficient use. But at some point you're going to get so many layers you're just going to need to tear it all down and start fresh. 
And I'm wondering at what point they do that. I mean, they're up to, I mean, 11, 11 iterations of this, at least, at least major iterations. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen when they do tear the house down to rebuild it, what the fan base is going to do at that point. If they're going to, we know what the fan base is going to do. What? Are they, are they going to stay the fan base, though? Or are they going to... I want anyone who listens to this show to think back of the many times we brought up Windows 10 and how Windows 10 and Windows 8 before it, because we've been out for six years, really isn't that bad and to stop freaking the crap out. Because that's what Microsoft did. They just kept adding and adding and adding and adding and adding, and suddenly they slingshotted past what everyone was expecting, and they released Windows 8, and everyone hated it. And then they released Windows 10, and people freaked out about it. And it was just a complete seismic shift in how to use Windows. Even Mac OS did that. People don't remember this because it's been a long time, but if you used Mac OS 8 or Mac OS 7, or like I did, Mac OS 5. Mac OS 10 is completely different. But I don't remember the outcry with that from the fan base that I do with the Windows fan base. Mainly because the fan base was still so small then, they were just happy they got a new system. That is a valid point. Um, If you want the outcry, try remembering when the first iMac came out, when the... Steve Jobs pretty much transformed what a personal desktop should look like with the iMac, and it didn't have a floppy drive. I That was a long time ago. Wow, that's going back in the vault. Yeah, that's like 98, 97, and yeah, people like freaked out. This will happen. iOS, this will happen. Mark my words. And everyone's going to have a freaking Apple aneurysm, an eye aneurysm. <laughs> that'll be the name of the operating system mm-hmm. um speaking of another apple product one that uh i'm kind of surprised isn't already to market the home pod we talked about this earlier they announced it. it's a smart speaker because you know just like freaking payment systems everyone has one yep apple has uh kind of just said yeah no it's not gonna happen this year try early next year which is a shame because, I mean, you're missing out on the holiday season here. That's right. And they're not even saying January. It's like eh, early 2018. Uh, okay, so why? That's the question we have to ask. Why? Why would they push this back and miss this holiday season? Because you know they understand the cost of it. You know oh, they yeah. understand how much money is in this holiday season and what they're giving up by not doing And look, this is the company, and not to rag on them, all the companies have done this, Google especially, have – well, no, I should say Apple especially, Google second – pushed out a half-complete product that they hope to fix with software updates. Yep. Just get it out. Get it out. They're not Get even, it to market. They're not even doing that this time. So either – they have learned their lesson, unlikely, or there's something seriously wrong with this device. Yeah, I'm get, I'm going with the latter. I think that this is a complete disaster on the back end, it, whether it be manufacturing or some some bugs or something. I've seen 
bugs in products that have not only delayed the release, but completely killed the product. I wonder if they simply took too much time. Alexa and Assistant, you know, Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant, have been around long enough now that they've had a long time to fine-tune their product. You can have multiple users, and it recognizes them by voice. It can handle multiple accounts, multiple calendars. There's tons of home integration, not just from Amazon purchased products or Google products, but across the board, there's home integration. And they keep punching out new features constantly. Uh, in fact, just this week, uh, SmartThings and Honeywell announced a whole bunch of new Amazon Echo features and integrations. And I just wonder if they're now so far behind the curve, they're trying to pump more and more features into them at launch that, to be fair, their competitors didn't have to. That That's a good point. You know... Siri has been around. I mean, Siri was the first. Siri was the first. But what did they do with it? Nothing. There was no integration. There was there was not the stuff. I mean, I think Amazon has done this magnificently. My kids asked me yesterday, would you rather have, do you want to get a Google Home? I said, you know, I think I would actually almost rather get an Echo. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the integration that Amazon has done with it. I mean, they've they've opened it up so anything can integrate with it. I mean, not literally, but pretty much, pretty much. So don't send me hate mail, please. But Apple had Siri, and it was like, oh yeah, if you want to use Siri, you got to have it on your phone. You got to buy an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Oh, you couldn't even use it on your operating system, and and now it's just rumored that that's what's happening. Oh, and look how funny it is. She tells you where to hide a body. Isn't that great? Isn't that useful? No, no, it really isn't. Yeah. Um, moving on, let's go into EA and its hilarious debacle of Battlefront 2. Not to step on the toes of NPX podcast, because they will cover this and they are covering this, but documents came to light, um, through different people's reviews, the microtransaction problem or process that EA put in place for Battlefront 2 is kind of ridiculous. That's being kind. Um, in order to unlock said content, what's the actual hour number here? It, it was over, f- oh shoot, I want to say it was over 4,000 hours. Um, it turned into, you've got to play for four and a half hours a day for 3.1 years to unlock everything. Uh, 4,528 hours. Or if you wanted to unlock it all now, um, $2,100. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pay, that's like a monthly paycheck for some people. That's what's, a really good monthly paycheck for some people. What's worse about all this, as, as horrible as that is, so you earn, um, you earn credits, we'll just call them without getting into detail. And you can use those credits to turn in and buy star cards. And the star cards cost a certain amount and they unlock extra perks, weapons, character skins, abilities, actual characters, you know, that stuff, microtransactions. Well, in response, EA said, okay, 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 we're really sorry. We will lower the cost by 75%. And people are like, well, it still pisses us off, but at least they're listening to us. Well, until someone pointed out that the star cards, that the amount of credits, we'll call them, you earn, also went down. 
So yeah, the cost of the star cards dropped by 75%, but the amount of income you get permission or time played dropped by 85%. So EA just stopped the whole microtransaction thing at launch. Cold yeah, turkey. They, they, they came out hours before and they stripped the microtransactions. I, I don't know what they're doing at this point. I haven't had a chance to look into it. But. Well, what's really horrible, and again, we won't get into this because it's NPX territory, but I just got done reading a scathing review of the game from Ars Technica, and they don't even talk about the economy or the microtransaction. They have a totally other article, a totally different article for that. They just say, as a game, it's broken. It's not fun. It doesn't work. It doesn't flow. It looks gorgeous. The voice acting's on point, but the mechanics of the game itself are just straight up broken. Avoid the game at all cost. Which really sucks. Uh, but it's EA. Do you expect anything less? Now, I don't know if MPX guys are going to talk about this, but loot boxes have become a big thing in gaming right now Mm -hmm. and it's basically a slot machine you save up your credits you go buy a loot box and you could get some complete trash or you could get something good which sounds a lot like gambling especially when you're paying money for those loot boxes now they've gotten around it by saying oh well these are just ancillary items it's skins, it's, you know, an extra weapon. It's not something that's going to necessarily make it easier for you to win the game. However, with, with Battlefront 2, that's exactly what it is. You unlock Darth Vader. You unlock Luke Skywalker. I mean, these are things that make winning the game more easy. So EA has essentially perfected the, the pay to win strategy that we know so well on the mobile platforms. Well, now Belgium is starting to investigate them uh, because it could constitute actual gambling. And I know that, that it's not just Belgium. I think I saw there's some some stuff in the EU. Some other EU countries are going to start looking into it. Uh, people have started telling Disney that they need to drop EA because they're promoting gambling to children with their loot boxes. This is not going well for EA. And so, you know, I think it's interesting. They took to Reddit to try and smooth this out. And they immediately became the most downvoted post in Reddit history with like 350,000 downvotes. But here's the thing about EA. They don't care. They really don't. They screw up at, they screw up almost every single game they have at every turn and every possibility. Every single time they do it, they just keep going. They do. I, I'm still pissed about SimCity 5. And did they fix it? No. In fact, they no. did the same thing for SimCity 6. Did they even come out with SimCity 6? I don't know. I just made that up off the cuff. But my point is is that every time they do something like this, they just do it again the next game, and we get used to it. And we just say, oh, that's EA. Yeah, every and, single time. And as long as people keep buying into this crap, they're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. Moving on into another area of the EU, this one I kind of agree with, actually. Germany, who we've talked about before, has real strict privacy laws when it comes to technology. I guess the whole idea of being rounded up and a Holocaust performed on your people will do that to you. They have banned children's e-products that allow monitoring or SIM card capabilities. In the U.S., we have this 
idea that, oh, hey, this is awesome. This allows me to track my kid, see where they're going, talk to them. Um, I can monitor where which friend's house they're at. I can set up a geofence so when they get outside of a certain area, it alerts me. And sure, you know what? To my middle American parent mentality, that sounds like a great idea. To Germans, that's a start to a uh, total invasion of privacy and the ability to track down people, um, which they have a history of. So they've banned them. Yeah, specifically, we're talking about kids' smartwatches. I don't and disagree with them. I, I don't know that I do either. I I think it's interesting, though. They have encouraged their the parents to destroy any that they already own. Now, we've talked about issues with kids connected devices in the past there was that vtech issue that mm-hmm. you know they were hacked exposing 6.4 million customers data uh, there um, was an e uh, an e-toy barbie i remember or some doll there was there was a teddy bear i mean there's been a lot of issues with kids connected devices being compromised or used inappropriately and I actually saw an article saying for Christmas, get your kids nothing that connects to the internet. Hey, here's an idea. Get them a book. Yeah. Books are great. Books are wonderful. Books are great. They don't need the internet. And so when the internet goes down and you, your kids are acting like they're living on little house on the prairie, you can say, here's a candle and a book. Go to your room. Mm-hmm. And please don't burn the book. It's our only one. Don't burn the book. Yes. We may need to use it for currency later. <laughs> True. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with this. In fact, uh, my wife and I, with our mess of kids that we have, we've seen some of the adverse effects that technology, some of this advanced technology can have. And we're starting to almost become Luddites in terms of technology with our kids where it's probably best they don't have it. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. All right. Um, in other um, wonderful privacy news, um, something that should not surprise you. Okay, the department, the Defense Department, spied on all of our social media posts. We knew that. It's we're not happy with it, but we knew it. Um, what we didn't know is that they then left them all on a publicly accessible Amazon web server. That's messed up. Go home, Defense Department. You're drunk. I'm sick of this crap with government spying and then leaving it open for the world to see. It keeps happening. Even if it's consensual spying, like with the security background checks from the from the government office of personnel. You gotta take care of your crap, man. Mm-hmm. This is this is getting to be beyond ridiculous. Yeah, this this is beyond beyond ridiculous. Indeed. Um, in other fun news, um, turns out there's a Bluetooth vulnerability uh, that leads to a hack that affects, oh geez, like all the Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. Twenty million of them. That's uh, a lot. That's a that's a big vulnerability. Yeah. Um, 
there's a, a remote code execution that allow it, it's a Linux vulnerability, but because they use a form of Linux, they inherit it. Yay. Um, where people can remote, remotely execute code that they've uh, put into it. Uh, and one that allows people to get more information out of it than you'd normally want. And considering it's a device that records everything you're saying, that's kind of bad. Yeah. And you can't disable Bluetooth on these. Mm-mm. Um, and so if you get an attacker within the range, it's not like you can just turn it off. I mean, you could unplug it, I guess, but then that renders it useless to you. Yeah, right. Um, oh, hey, let's do another Amazon uh, vulnerability because this is so much fun. Remember the Amazon key that we talked about? Was it last week, week before? I want to say it was two weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was a couple weeks ago. This was the um, the deal where UPS or whoever could go into your home and mm-hmm. deliver your Amazon packages. And we're sitting there going, yeah, just wait for someone to find a vulnerability to get into your home. Oh, hey, look, that must be record time because they found a flaw that allows people to get into your home undetected. Yeah. So Amazon has come out and said they're currently no- notify customers if the camera is offline for an extended period. But later this week, they'll deploy an update to more quickly provide notifications if it goes offline during delivery. Who could have seen this coming? Oh, wait, everyone. Everyone saw this coming. The dog sitting on the couch behind you saw this coming. Yeah, I know. She needs to get off the couch. That's why she barks at everyone at the doors, because she saw this coming. We didn't listen. (laughs) She tried to warn us. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they're doing. They're Uh, they're warning that someone's going to break in. Yep. Last headline. Oh, isn't this fun? In case you weren't aware, Armageddon is coming to the Internet this week. The FCC is probably going to reverse all Obama-era regulations concerning net neutrality. Uh, If you need a reminder or a refresher, the idea behind net neutrality in its perfect theory is that no entity can regulate what information flows on the internet and what doesn't. Uh, that sounds really regulatory and really kind of 1984 right now, I realize. But the idea comes behind, um, oh, I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Crap, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There it is. Oh, that's the worst. Um, let's say you, let's go back in time to when this first really became big, okay? Hulu. Everyone's watching shows on Hulu. Everyone loves shows on Hulu, but Comcast doesn't like you watching Hulu. Comcast wants you to actually pay them for their video-on-demand service, which they offered. They'd much rather you have that, Comcast Cable, instead of watching Hulu. Well, guess what? They're also your ISP, so all they need to do is identify the traffic that you are transmitting to Hulu or receiving from Hulu and throttle it way down, so far down that it can't actually work. Well, not only is that unfair business practice, it's currently illegal, or it will be illegal as soon as regulations go into effect that say that the Internet is a public utility and says that companies cannot do that. Well, of course, telecom companies don't like that. And, of course, telecom companies pay the most money when it comes to bribes. I mean, lobbying. And, of course, this administration is perfectly fine with getting money from those people. So the FCC will be voting Wednesday probably just to flat out repeal it. Yeah, you know, I 
if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that I am not a fan of government regulation. I'm not a fan of government involving themselves in the private sector. However, I don't trust the cable companies either. So I'm extremely torn on the whole concept of net neutrality. In theory, I like it, but I don't trust the government with it. And I sure as crap don't trust the cable company. So I feel like this is one of those no-win situations from my perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you feel differently, if you feel that you need to let your voice be heard on net neutrality, then make it heard. Make it heard. If this is something that you think is good, then let people know. Let the government know. Let your representatives know. I saw a funny post on Reddit today. Um, it said, you know, if Redditors cared half as much about net neutrality as we seem to care about Battlefront 2, this wouldn't even be an issue right now. <laughs> and that's a very legitimate point. Uh, it's just boring. People don't follow it because it's boring. But people, it's not boring. It means a lot. Um, into favorites. We don't actually have favorites this week, but we do. And I just realized what they are. So I'm going to provide them for both of us. Alrighty. Would you like to hear yours first? I would like to hear mine. Tesla unveiled the Roadster. Doesn't that sound nice. like a favorite for you? That sounds more like a favorite for Schmitty. Sure. However, I don't have Schmitty type of money. They, they also un, uh, revealed the Tesla Semi. Which is a big deal. And Walmart has actually come out and said, I think they pre-ordered 15 of them. Is that what I saw? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Roadster. Who cares about the Semi? Semi is the future. We don't care. Roadster. The Roadster's sexy. Roadsters are sexy. Are they as sexy as the new Corvette, though? Um, one, zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. That's sexy. That's like crap yourself and maybe see God kind of speed. <laughs> that is impressive and it has a battery pack that can take that thing for 630 miles top speed of over 250 miles per hour two-door coupe but it has four seats that is pretty that is nice that is super nice um it will not be cheap but it's a supercar it's not supposed to be yeah um it'll probably be available 2020 uh, and my favorite, um, this is actually an old favorite. This book came out a while ago. Um, and I love it. We were talking about, you know, give your kids books. Well, you know what? Christmas season is coming up and don't tell anyone, but I did get my kids these books. Um, they're from the, uh, oh geez, who, the Engolden brothers. Con Engolden and Hal Engolden. And it's called The Dangerous Book for Boys. They have a follow-up one, The Daring Book for Girls, and The Boy's Book of Survival. And this is um, – well, I'll provide a link to uh, to Amazon on it. It's uh, it's cheaper for some reason in hardcover than it is in paperback. But it teaches you things like how to pitch a tent, how to tie down a tarp, how to make a periscope, how to make a breathing apparatus for underwater, how to siege a wall, famous battles in history, how to make a magnifying glass out of... I mean, it's all the little kid things that we used to do growing up that kids today have forgotten or have never been taught to them because they have a device feeding them YouTube videos all the time. How to make the greatest paper airplane in the world. What are the seven wonders of the ancient world? Things that all kids should know. 
It's fun. It would make a great gift idea. You should check them out. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Hey, let us know what you're thinking on those different things. By the way, after recording for an hour, salted caramel Pepsi is starting to warm up. It tastes better warm, which probably says something. Um, still <laughs> still want to hear everyone else's thought on it. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, not back. And... Please consider supporting us patreon.com slash stolen droids. Until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.